Genesis 49. Um, last week, I think it was almost two weeks ago, I received a, a, a found a message that had been sent to me six months earlier. How many have ever done that? You're suddenly scrolling through something. You're like, oh dear, haven't seen this. Anyway, it was. But what it was was la end of last year um, on Caleb um, Kyra's podcast. They do a podcast that the future is bright, interviewing people talking about their journeys of how God has worked and, and brought them into a, a bright future. And they spoke to me. And so if you haven't listened to that, if you don't know my background and some of the things, everyone just thinks you step into the pulpit, you're just, you've, you've come from just the most amazing, you know, perfect sort of background. But, well, you probably say, no, he hasn't, I'm guessing. He's come from Yarrawonga. So <laughs> anyone who comes from Yarrawonga, there must be some trouble there. Um, and so I, I shared a little bit about some of the things, how God had worked and, and, and in, through my family and through different things that God had broken and, you know, some of the things that our, you know, for generations was coming and God had broken and, and just, you know, just, just giving glory to God and that my future is bright and encouraging people that your future can be bright too because of God. You don't have to, you don't have to have a perfect um, heritage or anything like that. You can just work through the situation God's brought you into and he can turn that into a bright future. I didn't know, but a cousin or a second cousin or so that I never met, never knew, listened to that podcast. I've got no idea how they even found out about it, but they listened to it and they contacted me and said, I've got some information on your father and your grandfather, if you would like to. I've been doing family research. And so I contacted them and um, they said, you know, if you use this bank account, because you're from Nairobi, you know, from <laughs> Nigeria. No, where, where are they all from? Um, what country? They used to send, uh, you know, those spam things where... Nigeria, you know, I'm, turns out I'm, I've got a Nigerian prince that wants to give me all this inheritance and I've just got to, so, but, you know, I realise I can't take all that blessing myself. I gave them Mark's details and um, I just wanted him to get all the blessing, you know. Um, no, I, um, it was genuine because they sent me some documents and the documents were based, at, you know, they, they were legal documents from my grandmother. Um, who I hadn't really met much. I, met, I remember meeting once as a child. So, and it was like fascinating, you know, legal documents that, that laid out parts of life regarding my grandfather and my father that I didn't know. So, so I've got this document and it means so much to me. Why did it mean so much to me? Because it's my heritage. It's my family. And, and, but if, so, if someone had sent me some documents and we had this... Um, we were contacted by um, a lady, I was contacted by a lady in Scotland who said, you know, I've got the same surname, da, da, da. I'm doing my family tree. You might be part of it. And so um, I just sent that across to this second cousin. I said, hey, can you sort this out? You know, you've given me this. Check this out. And she went and contacted the lady in Scotland and came back and said, no, same name, but totally different lines. It's got nothing to do with us. So I said, good. You know, didn't have to do anything except just forward a couple of emails and someone has done my... Um, history for me but so there's a whole history there and you know what I'm not interested in that why am I not interested in that history because it's not my history if, if it was my history I would have become interested in it and imagine if I discovered in searching out my history that there was a will that had been drawn up a legal document and they were still looking for the people very interested. I got from the front row. Very interested. Who would be very interested if I said I have found a will 
that has an inheritance in it that is, they're looking for the person that's in that will. And, um, and their surname's McDougal and they come from the Scot Scottish Isles. You say, well, uh, do you want to uh, come to a meeting? Well, you'd say, I'm not interested because it's not me. It's not my family. But if I said I named your surname and I said it was from this area, that's, that's where my parents came from, my grandparents came from, and I said that, you know, you would be all ears and you'd say, I, I'm interested in that. So when someone is speaking to something, it can be like, well, that's interesting, to, oh, now I'm actually very interested because that's actually speaking to my circumstances and my inheritance. And I want to read to you from Genesis 40, um, Genesis 49. Thank you, Judith. I didn't say that quickly enough. I've got help. That Jacob summoned his son, sons, his son, summoned his sons. Jacob summoned his sons and said, Assemble yourselves that I may tell you what shall befall you in the days to come. That's very interesting. It's nice for them to know. That's good, isn't it? That's really interesting. And then he goes and he speaks to Reuben. He speaks to Simeon and Levi. He speaks to Judah, Zebulun, Issachar, Dan, to Gad, to Asher, Naphtali, and Joseph, which we spoke about a little bit last week, and Benjamin. So that's really good. You say, that's, I'm, I'm fascinated because I know these people, I know these tribes, that's very interesting. But I want to point out something to you that will take this from the inheritance of the MacDougall clan from Scotland to something this is actually really important and, and you can actually look at with an eye as to say, hang on a sec, I think that's me. I think he's talking about me in that. How could he be talking about you when he is speaking thousands of years ago and he is speaking particularly to the tribes of um, Israel? Now, when Jacob was speaking, he, wasn't, he was not speaking to the tribes. He was actually speaking to his sons. The 12 sons were the 12, became the 12 tribes. So he is speaking to each of his sons, and, but he is speaking to them about their future. He is prophesying to them what God has shown him for them to step into and what they're going to do as they enter into the promised land and as they go beyond that. He is seeing that prophetically and he is speaking to them. And he said, well, that's very interesting for them. How does this influence me? And how does this is a blessing for me? And there's a part where you can say, well, I'm in a similar situation in the sense that I'm, we're going into the promised land and I shared that last week, you know, you go to 1 Corinthians and it talks about we use them as an example because we are also going into the promised land. And so you can say that's really good. And there's a, but there's a sense where you can read it and say, well, which ones can I grab? You know, because some of them are, I don't think I want that one. Because uh, some of the things he said to his sons weren't as complimentary and, and as good as some of the other things. Do you know what I mean? So I don't think I would, for instance, I'm not going to take Reuben, the firstborn's one, because he was a bit of a jerk and um, he got... His future was is clouded by some of the stuff he did. Simeon and Levi, the same. They did some stuff they shouldn't have done, and it affected what um, Jacob said there. Judah's pretty good. You know, do we pick and choose? Do we just say, which ones do I want? Or do we have to sort of spin the wheel and just grab whatever comes out? I said, well, I like Joseph because it was longer and it was pretty cool. But is that the best reason to choose something? But I want to take you on a journey, just quick journey, but it's a journey to understand where you fit into this process. And it's a journey that starts with the concept of covenant. Covenant is how God deals and 
treats us. It's, it's his le the legal framework, the life framework, which he works with us. I haven't got time to go into covenant, but I've been teaching on it extensively on um, Breakthrough Academy. You're welcome to go there, and then you can get the teaching line upon line. So I'm just going to say some things, and if this is all new to you, go on our website, go on our YouTube channel, and there is great teaching there that will take you through this. So if I'm saying things that you don't say that I don't understand, well, there is a place for you to go and get that understanding. But I don't want to take time to speak to that because I want to get back to how you fit in to this verse because it's important for you to know what God has said about your future. I have been speaking to us as the favorites. Um, did we, we found, found, I think they've gone, I think they're in the um, media room or Caleb. Well, I found something. It's a bit humbling, actually. You know when you onto something good, but then people get on behind you and treat it as if it's their own idea. You know, you ever, you ever sort of you, you start something and then someone comes along and they're sort of getting all the glory and saying, "Well, I started this thing on the favorites, all right, everyone. We are God's favorites." And then I find that Cadbury's have come on board and somehow have heard my sermons and they're putting out this range called the favorites. Right? <laughs> okay, I don't want the royalties. I'm over that now. Anyway, they won't answer my they won't answer my legal letters. Um, but you know, now they're putting out chocolates to remind you of this sermon. Isn't that that's I think that's good. I think that's God. I think every time you walk through Coles or Woolworths and you see they say, I'm one of them. That's my box of chocolates, because I'm one of God's favorites. I walk in his favor. Now, I know it's him because there's a little dash that I've put there in gold. It's favor dash -ites. all right? So we're not trampling on any um, copyright material at all in this. Um, so I want you to recognize that, hey, wherever I go, they're celebrating that I'm one of God's favorites. Okay, so what I'm going to do is um, I'm going to open up this, and I must admit, I found them during the week. And so it was already open, <laughs> all right, because I was just enjoying God's favor, that fact that I found out where these were. So what I'm going to do is um, we'll, we'll start them here and just pass them along, all right? If you don't get them by the end of the sermon, go and find them, all right? If someone here is hogging the favorites, all right? So you can take a favorite and um, enjoy. I trust there's enough that now since I've been um, enjoying God's favor during the week. Um, we are God's favorites, and that's more than just a, 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 a nice term. It's actually based on the fact that without God's favor, we cannot accomplish what God has called us to do. That is His plan. It's always been His plan. It's been His desire. And in sorry, Cam's, oh, Cam's Cam, I'll help these come over, people. Yeah, they're drooling on this side. All right, hurry up. Psalm, Psalm 90 says, let the favor of the Lord our God be upon us and do confirm for us the work of our hands. I spoke on this a few weeks ago. Go back, get it. It's about, about the fact that Moses, um, this is a psalm, a psalm written by Moses, a prayer of Moses, and he says, I'm praying for God's people to come into favor. They must come into favor because in order for, to 
make their endeavors successful, to establish the things they do. They are going into the promised land. There is an enemy there. In order for them to have victory there and to establish God's um, place of, of victory, they must walk in his favor. And that's what Moses was saying. They must have the favor of God on them. If they don't have the favor, it's going to be disaster. They must, and he's crying out for God. This is a people that broke their covenant, that damaged that favor, and they were not able to walk in that favor. And um, so as God's favorites, that's what we need to be. Um, Actually, let me... Because the children of Israel had... They weren't... Why was Moses so desperate to see them again walking under the favor of God? Well, Psalm 95... Verse 10 actually says this. Um, he says to the this is a psalm speaking to the current generation, many, you know, many generations after that generation. And he says, you know, don't be like those people, the people back at Meribah, the people in the Massa in the wilderness. When your fathers tested me, says God, when that generation tested me, they tried me, though they had seen my work, he said, for 40 years I loathed that generation. 40 years I loathed. Amplified says he was, he says, I was disgusted with that generation. Wow. You don't want to be that generation. You don't want to be getting the box of chocolates, says the disgusted. <laughs> you don't want to be the people that says God loathes me. But that was that generation. This is the generation that Moses was praying for and says, God, I'm praying, let the favor of the Lord be upon them because they need your favor. You, you, they, cannot, they cannot go forward with that loathing, with that resistance, with that the God saying, I don't like you. I don't want you. I, 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 I'm against you. Favor is the opposite to that. Favor, the word favor here in Psalm 90 um, it's not used that often. There's, there's many others, about four or five words which are actually used in, in the, um, the Hebrew language for favor. And this is, this is a word that's not used very often. It's, um, and in fact, um, I think the King James Bible, um, let me actually just pull it up. Thankful, thankful for having um, Bibles at my fingertips now. You can just sort of say... Um, yeah, okay, so King James and the New King James repeats this. It says, let the beauty of the Lord, our God, be upon us. Let us be beautiful. What's that mean? It literally means, this word literally means, let us be beautiful in God's eyes. Let God look favorably upon us. Um, it means to be, when God, okay, when God looked at the people, he loathed them. And Moses is saying, can we switch that around and have the opposite? What's the opposite of loathing? To, to, to look in and to love them. And, the, and it's actually this Hebrew word I would say is the opposite. Look at them and say, you're delightful. You make me happy. You make me smile. I think you're beautiful. I think you're wonderful. I think you're good. And um, the Amplified brings out all these meanings with the... Um, it says, the Amplified says, let the beauty and delightfulness and favor of the Lord our God be upon us. That's the opposite of loathing. Favor is when God looks at us and smiles. Favor is when we're in God's good books. 
Favor is when God's like, that's my people, but not just in a sense of smile and like, well, that's nice. It's, it's a deeper thing. It's, um, it, it's to go deeper into that life and say, I, um, I approve, and that approval carries with it a whole lot of weight and support and resource and anything you need because you're good. You're on my side. We need that favor. They couldn't go into the promised land and try and fight those battles with God not with God saying, I don't like you. I don't like, I don't like the attitude. Your, your, your attitude stinks. I got I want to be going in with favor. God's smile upon me. God's blessing upon me. And it opens doors. It makes opportunities. It means we can fight battles that we could never fight. It means that we can face giants. That's why, that's why Joshua and Caleb, when they were sent out as spies, they came back and said, we can do this. And the other 10 said, we can't do this. Because they were seeing themselves as being loathed and just in, we have to do it in our own strength. And he said, we can't do this. And Joshua and Caleb, we don't have to do it in our own strength. We got God on our side. That's like, so David, when he faced Goliath, he didn't look at Goliath and say, I don't think I can do this. That's what everyone else did. He looked at Goliath and said, oh, he's not in covenant with God, but I'm, 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 we've got a covenant God. It says, the battle is the Lord's, it's not mine. That's an expression of favor. I've got God's favor on us. That favor will make a way. That favor goes before us. And um, so how does this all work and fit together with us with what um, Jacob was saying to his children? So two things. First of all, God says, I've got a plan, I'm making a covenant, and in, in order to establish a covenant, there's two words that they use to make a covenant. Um, in the Bible, it'll often say they made a covenant, but the word made there is, is actually the Hebrew word to cut, because you don't actually make it, you cut it. So how do you cut a covenant? Well, whenever you bring someone into covenant, an animal would be, would be sacrificed and would be cut. And so literally the word to cut was a way of saying in short in short. Um, What's it, you know, like, you're using like a short phrase. You're not using the whole shorthand. You're sort of using shorthand. So I'd say to cut, but they would understand that means to cut a covenant. But there's another phrase they used for covenant was, was to make an oath or, or to, to declare and to um, make a, some sort of promise, declare something, that, and that was part of the covenant. So the covenant had two key essentials, um, parts to it, which was, the, the oath, the declaration, what was involved in the covenant, and then secondly, and something was cut, because without the shedding of blood, there was no establishing of that covenant. So the two things went hand in hand. There would be an oath, and there would be a, covenant, a, a cut. I knew from the New Testament that we have, been in, we have been brought into the new covenant in Jesus. That's what he's established for us. Um, he is mediated. He's been the mediator of a new covenant. Um, and I was aware that on the cross, his, his blood was being offered. He was shedding his blood on the cross. The cut was happening on the cross. I knew that. I could see that. And Jesus said when he was with the disciples right before going to the cross, and it took the, the broken body and the, and the cup, he said, this represents, this is, the, this is the shed blood. This is my blood. This is the blood of the new covenant. 
This is the blood that's bringing in the new covenant. Speaking of my blood, I'm gonna, we're gonna, I'm gonna do the cutting. And I'm saying, and as I dis, and as I'm um, exploring this, you know, and, and understanding it, and I won't take the time um, from Book of Joshua. It talks about you know the oath and the the cutting together, both of them. I'm saying, Lord, where is the oath? I know that there is a cutting in the New Testament. I know Jesus going to the cross is the cutting. Where is the oath? That goes with that cutting because I know it will be there because that's how a covenant is working. So I'm I begin to look in the New Testament for the 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 oath, the speaking, the promises, the declaration of what is involved in this covenant. And I'm reading through, and I thought maybe Jesus says it here, and he said this is this is the new covenant in my blood, but he didn't really go into any of the promises. He didn't lay out what the terms and conditions were. And I'm like, where did that happen? And then God's like, you're looking in the wrong place. And I'm saying, well, I'm looking in the New Testament because that's when it was cut. He said, but the, the declarations and the oaths began before that time. He spoke the, the terms of the covenant, but then the, when the covenant was cut, that was when that could come into fulfillment. And so I began to say, well, where did you speak it? And you go to the book of Hebrews, and it quotes from Jeremiah, and it speaks about this new covenant that is to come, and it lays out the terms. This new covenant will be a covenant that's written on your heart. It'll be an internal covenant. I'll, I'll write it on your heart. And I began to say, oh, that's the terms, of the, that's the description of the covenant. But then he said, go back even more. And I found that he was actually making the terms of the covenant and speaking to the covenant, which was going to be um, established in Jesus and the cutting of his body but the terms were already spoken. And you go back to Genesis 12 and you find the beginnings of this covenant that he's made. And it says to Abraham, well, hang on a sec, he's making this, this is to Abraham. It says, now the Lord said to Abraham, verse one, go forth from your country and from your relatives and from your father's house to the land I will show you. And he said, I will make you a great nation and I will bless you and make your name great, and so you shall be a blessing. And I will bless those who bless you, and, I'll, and the one who curses you I will curse. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So he's speaking a blessing into Abraham. But look in verse 7, it says, The Lord appeared to Abraham and said to him, To your seed I will give this land. And I want us to skip forward. He mentions that a few times, but I'm going to skip forward to chapter 17, verse 7. Verse, and he's speaking again. Um, I'll read from verse 1. Now, when Abraham was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abraham and said to him, I am God Almighty. I am El Shaddai is the Hebrew name. I am El Shaddai. Take note of that. It's important. El Shaddai is establishing this covenant with Abraham. And he says, I'm going to change your name. I'm going to call you. He said, I will establish my covenant between me and you. I'm going to multiply you. I'm going to multiply you. You're going to be the father of a multitude of nations. You're going to be, a, it's fruitful. You'll be, he said in verse 6, I'll make you exceedingly fruitful and I'll make nations of you and kings come forth from you. And I will establish my covenant between me and you and your seed after you. Now, that seed, you say, well, that's all the descendants. But as I've pointed out, seed is a plural and a singular term. And the same is in the Hebrew and the Greek. It can have this strange little, little um, a uniqueness. You can speak to the seed and it's plural, but you can also speak to seed and it's singular. I want you to go with me to the book of Galatians. If you can't keep up, just watch it later and 
Slow me down. Galatians 3. It says, verse 13, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us, for it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree, in order that, for the purpose of. This is done so that, in other words, Jesus was on the cross. He became the sacrifice because he became our curse. He shed his blood. He dealt with that, the propitiation, the fulfillment of that. In order that, in Christ Jesus, the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles so that we today might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Um, verse 18, for if the, this inheritance, if it's based on the law, it's no longer based on a promise, but God has granted it to Abraham by means of a promise, the vow, the commitment, the speaking, the oath, And um, let's go back to verse 16. Now, the promises were spoken to Abraham and to his seed. Now, he does not say, this is what it says here, and it does not say, and to seeds, as referring to many, but to referring to one. And to your seed, that is Christ. In other words, even though it was spoken to Abraham's descendants, ultimately he was actually speaking to one seed. Jesus. So when God was speaking the oath to Abraham, he was speaking the oath for the covenant that was going to be enacted in Jesus. So the cutting was there. The oath began with the speaking and the declaration to Abraham. That Now, this is where it gets interesting. This seed that is Jesus, when we trust in Jesus, it says in verse th uh, 29... If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed or offspring, or heirs according to the promise. Or as the Passion Translation says, and since you have been united to Jesus the Messiah, you are now Abraham's child and inherit all the promises of the kingdom realm. So in Jesus, now you suddenly, all the oath and, and the promises that were established in that covenant are now actually yours. They're your promises. They're your promises. Because this is God was establishing what was going to come in the covenant. This is not the Old Testament law. You can go and listen to the teaching about how all that fits in. I'm not talking about the Old Testament law. It's in the Old Testament, but it's not the Old Testament law. This is not the law that Moses brought. It's not the covenant that Moses established. That was a different covenant to hold people until this came. But the speaking of it, the, the, the promises of it, were given before Moses came. They were given before. You don't have to wait till Jesus comes to get the speaking. He already spoke it, but he was waiting. The oath was waiting for Jesus to come for the cu cutting of the covenant, and so that could be established. Now we come by faith on the other side. We, we connect with Jesus that's our promise. So what was spoken to Abraham is actually our inheritance. That's our promise. That's like finding that this document they've sent to me that says it's the McDougal clan, they're looking for an heir. Well, that's great, but I'm no McDougal. Oh, hang on a sec. I've married a McDougal. <laughs> hang on a second. I might not be. 
but I've joined with one who is. And their inheritance is now our inheritance and my inheritance. Oh, this is not my inheritance, because my inheritance is lousy. You do not want my inheritance. But by faith, I've united with Jesus. And now this, I've now got his inheritance. I've got the inheritance he established. And he had vows spoken to him and an oath given to him. And this is what he's established. And it's like I said, the, the, the promises and the blessings of Abraham. It's, there's the promises given to Jeremiah. They are all intertwined, so important, of what God has gotten there and our inheritance to lay hold of. And so this inheritance, this blessing, it comes to Abraham, but he passes it on to Isaac, who passes it on to his son Jacob. Didn't mean to pass it on to Jacob. Jacob tricked him, got the blessing, pretended to be his older brother Esau. Esau didn't really take too much interest in this whole inheritance and the, the, um, being the, the firstborn and all the rest. When he was really hungry, Esau was like, oh, man, I'm starving. I'm going to die if I don't eat, which is not true. He's just going to be hungry. You're not going to die. You're just going to be hungry. And Esau came in, and Joseph had been cooking some stuff, this red stew. And he's, and he's like, what's his red stuff? He says, oh, you know. That's how Esau actually got a nickname from that, Edom, meaning red stuff. Same way, name, root that we get Adam from, red. Reds are good, Cam. <laughs> Just remember that, people. Adam was called red because he was taken out of red earth. David, King David, had red hair. Just remember that, people. It's got nothing to do with the sermon, but it's just good to know. <laughs> So, he's, he, so he, he said, I love this. I want this red stuff. And, and, he, and his brother said, yeah, yeah, you can have some if you, if you give me your birthright. Give me, your, your, you know, the, 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 the firstborn's right. He says, what is the firstborn right going to help me if I'm dead? <laughs> give me the food. So he signed over his birthright. He placed no importance on it. He didn't see the value in it. He didn't understand what, how it was. And so then he was tricked. When, when it came time for the blessing to be passed down, he, he, he and his mum cooked up this plan, or she cooked up the plan, and he did it. And um, he said, go in there and pretend to your brother. He said, he's not going to believe I'm Esau. He says, Esau's hairy. He says, he'll, he'll recognize, he'll say, that's not, that sounds funny. He said, and he'll reach out and he'll grab, my, he'll, he'll get, grab me to give me a kiss and he'll feel the back of my neck and he'll say, that's not Esau. He said, so his mother said, I know what to do. I'm going to kill a goat going to wrap the skin of the goat around the back of your neck on the hands. When he feels that, he'll think, that's Esau. Man, what was Esau like? <laughs> that he, yeah, smells like a goat, feels like a goat, must be Esau. <laughs> so he tricked him, but he got the blessing. The blessing came through to him. But then it didn't just stay with the blessing being passed down. I want you to look with me in Genesis 20 somewhere. Seven, I think it is. Genesis 27. Oh, no. No, 28. So as this is now, he's got the blessing. He's, going, he's, he's being sent off to find a wife in a, um, from the right household. And verse 3 Isaac blesses him and says, may El Shaddai, remember El Shaddai? He's involved in the covenant. Whenever you see El Shaddai, 
it'll be linked into this fruitful covenant favor blessing. He said, El should I bless you and make you fruitful and multiply you that you may become a company of peoples. May he give you the blessing of Abraham to you and to your seed. So it's, come to, it's down to Jacob. It's the blessing. It's come to him. It's coming to the seed. Verse 13, and behold, the Lord, now, now he goes from there and he has a vision at a night. He's, he's laying down. He sees a vision, a ladder, angels going up and down. And verse 13, and behold, the Lord stood above it and he says, I am Yahweh, the God of your father, Abraham, the God of Isaac, the land which you lie. I will give it to you and your seed. And he started... Um, and then verse 14, and, and to the end, and in your seed shall all the families of the earth be blessed. And so the now he's God speaking directly to Jacob. Chapter 35, God appeared to Jacob again, verse 9. And God blessed him and said, God said to him, your name is Jacob. You shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel shall be your name. Thus he shall call him Israel. That's where we get the name Israel. Jacob had his name changed. And God said to him, I am El Shaddai. Be fruitful and multiply. A nation and a company of nations shall come to you. Does this sound very familiar? Can you hear the blessings, the same blessings come to Jacob? Kings shall come forth to him. Where was the last time you heard this? Speaking to Abraham. And the land which I gave to Abraham and Isaac, I'll give to you. And I'll give the land to your seed after you. He's now speaking to your seed. So it comes to the end of his life. Chapter 48, verse 3. Jacob said to Joseph. So Jacob is now old. He's come down to Egypt. Joseph is there with the 12. Joseph has become the rescuer for them. Joseph has... Something's happened to Joseph. 12 brothers, but they're going off and doing their own thing. One of them, terrible things. Sleeps with, his, with Abraham's wife, if you can imagine that. His oldest son. Power play. Sleeps with one of his, um, Abraham's wives. You know, that's a real, I'm the man of this household. He's trying to take over the household. He's the firstborn, but he's doing it all wrong. Um, Simeon, Levi, killing people, doing violent things. And jo he has a son called Joseph. And Joseph comes to him and says two things. First of all, he says, I tell you what, I tell you about your brother, my brothers, and he reports on them, and he tells that they're all doing terrible things. As, you know, a bit of a tattletale. You know, I'm always like, ah, oh, I'm not so sure that's a great idea. Let me tell you, Dad, what the others are all doing. But the truth of it was, his brothers were all doing terrible things. I actually don't know how terrible they were, and maybe he felt, Dad, I need to tell you what's happening. Because, you know, you know, you know, he's, you know, Simeon's stealing cookies out of the cookie jar. Um, yeah. But if, you know, if they're doing really wicked things, maybe dad needs to know. But Joseph gets a special place in, in his father's heart. And then Joseph begins to get dreams where God says, I'm going to raise you up. And the brothers are going to bow down to you. And even your father and mother will bow down to you. He begins to get a dream. And he shares these dreams and they're not well received in the household. Except for Jacob who sort of tucks them away. But then the family's in a, a real is in trouble. They're going, to, they're going to die through famine, except that God has preserved Joseph, who stayed faithful to the Lord, stayed true even under intense temptation, under extreme 
um, opportunity to get into discouragement and give up. He has stayed true to the Lord and been raised up. The Lord is with him and favor is with him. He's become fruitful. Even in a land of slavery, it says, I have become fruitful. Even in a desert place, I become fruitful. He names his child Ephraim, his second-born son. Ephraim, which means fruitfulness in a barren place. What's that sound like? It sounds like the blessing is working in Joseph. The blessing has come to Joseph. And Joseph actually says, you know, I was, um, and this is Genesis 45, God sent me before you to preserve a remnant. He made me the savior of our family. And so when Jacob comes to him and begins to speak of the blessing, he says, you know what? The firstborn has squandered his inheritance in our family. I'm going to pass the blessing inheritance on to all the tribes, but to one in particular, Joseph. I'm going to hand you the double portion. He said, I'm going to take the double portion from the oldest because of what he did, and I'm going to give it to you. And I'm going to give it to you through to your two sons. So they will get two, a portion each. So he gives him the double portion, the blessing. He prophesies to him. He begins to speak to him of the blessing and what is going to be in his future. So then he comes in Genesis 49 and says, he summoned his sons, assembled themselves, so I may tell you what is to come. When he begins to speak to Joseph, you need to listen as if your will and testament is being read out. Because that's the covenant blessing coming that's going to end up in you. That's the, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to hear that and that's your future. That's your future. That's your future he's talking about. That's not, see, he said, he will speak to them about the things to come. I am hearing about the things in my future, the things that are before me because of the blessing that's on me. He said, this is what it's going to be like for you to live in the blessing, Joseph. When, um, when Moses picked up on this in Deuteronomy 33, he also spoke over each of the, the tribes. Or, and he spoke to Joseph, and again, a long blessing on Joseph. And he says to Joseph, this is in uh, Moses' blessing, with the choice things of the earth and its fullness and the favor of him who dwelt in the bush. Who's the one that dwelt in the bush? That's Yahweh. I love what the Message Bible says of Joseph. He said, you will have the smile of the burning bush dweller on you. Hey, Joseph, you've got the smile of the burning bush dweller. What's that? That's favor is sitting on you, resting on you. How do we get into this? Well, we got it because Jesus got it. Jesus got this favor. Jesus got this blessing, and then I get it from Jesus. So when I read Joseph, I want to talk to you about your future. I want you to say... A couple of weeks ago, I spoke to you about know your history, but favorites, you've got to know your future. And I want you to say, you can, you can say to your future, I've got favor in Amen. my future. What's your future look like? Full of favor. Hey, Mark, what's your future look like? Full of, full of favor. Christine, what's your, fa what's your future look like? Full of favor. What's your favor look like? <laughs> favor look. What's your future look like? Full of favor. favor. I, I, I've got favor. What's your future? I know. What, what's tomorrow holding? Favor. favor. What's the rest of the day holding? Favor. favor. What are you expecting? Favor. favor. Why? Because this is my future. 
He's speaking to my future. This is not me saying, boy, that sounds good. I'll just stick it on my fridge and make it mine. You know, like I could, I could do a scan on the internet and find good inheritances. <laughs> find legal documents to people with amazing wills and testaments and say, oh, I'll put that on the fridge. That's mine. Well, it's not really. I just printed it out and stuck it there. It's not mine. That's not my inheritance. That's just an inheritance, but it's not mine. This is yours. This is not his and you're copying and pasting. This is spoken to him and his seed. And you are the seed because you're in Christ. So when you take this and you put it up on your fridge and it says, hey, Peter is a fruitful bough. A fruitful bough by a spring. It's, Peter's branches run over a wall. And I love this. The archers, well, I don't love it, but it's truth. The archers bitterly attacked Peter. Oh, you might say, I don't, I don't want to put that on the fridge. It says, the, it says, they shot at him and harassed him. Well, I don't want to, but, how many like buts? His bow remained firm. His arms were agile. In other words, in the heat of the battle, they shot, didn't move an inch. Why? I got favor. I got the blessing of the Lord on me. For the hands of the mighty one of Jacob were on me. Oh, for the God of your father who helps you and by El, by Shaddai, El Shaddai who blesses you with blessings of heaven above, blessings of the deep that lies beneath, blessings of the breast and the womb, blessings of your father have some... The blessings of your father have surpassed the blessings of my ancestors. That's what Jacob said. This thing's getting bigger and bigger and bigger. He said the blessing is growing and it's in you and it's getting bigger. What's your future look like? Oh, full of favor. Because <laughs> I've, I've, I've read my inheritance. I've read the promises of my future. You can tell people, Jacob spoke about my future in the Bible. It says, these are the things that will befall you in the days to come. He could see it. He could see the favor that was on me. That's my future. That's what's enabling me to do all the things that God has given me. That's Psalm 90. That's enabling me to go into the promised land like and, and with the eyes of Joshua and Caleb and said, this is doable because I have, we have the favor of God on us. How can we do what we do? We can't, except we can because of this, because it's an inheritance. It's mine. In Christ, this is my inheritance. You know, to be honest, I, I used to, when, when I first came in, into hearing some of the teachings of Brother Copeland, he used to speak of the blessings of Abraham. I thought, that's nice. I had no idea why it was so good. I just thought that was, well, that's nice that God blessed Abraham. But I was clueless to understand, that's my blessing because I'm in Christ. That's the covenant blessing. That's not good, nice Old Testament teaching. That is the new covenant spoken of waiting for the new covenant people in the seed, which is Christ, to bring it into fulfillment. So what's your future? Favor. favor. What's, your, what's, what's the rest of your week look like? Full of favor, favored. Every time you walk down Coles, I want you to grab one of these packets off the shelf, go up to someone and say, that's me!
the party edition of me. There's, a, there's, there's others too, if you want. There's a dark chocolate edition of me. I'm just one of God's favorite. Here, put it in there, put it in their trolley and say, have it on me. But do it on this side so they've got to still walk out through the checkout. Just confuse them a little bit. Give them one of each of the boxes. Have a, have a dozen boxes. Buy a box. Put it on your manners. Don't eat them all. But when people visit and say, that's me. Full of favor, God's favorite. Full of. Hallelujah. We've been given some um, prayer requests and things like that. I said, let's hold them till now. This is the time. I want us to pray over them. But maybe you also have something that you want prayer over. Well, I want to speak over your future. Declare God's favor. See, God's favor is, is what pushes the enemy back. You look at the promises of God that when, when Moses prophesied over Joseph, go into Deuteronomy 33 and read, read Moses' prophecy over Joseph. He talks about the, the horns so strong, pushing the enemy back to the ends of the earth. Favor has got muscle to it. You know what I mean? Favor is not something, favor is not wimpy, favor is strong. Favor kills Goliath. Favor destroys the works of the enemy. Favor is what enables us. Favor opens doors that no man can hold shut. Favor just opens up things. Hallelujah. So if you want prayer, I want you to put up your hand. I'm going to join. Hallelujah. With Christine, who's disappeared. She'll come back. Put up your hand. If you want prayer, hallelujah, we're going to declare your future to be God's favored. Hallelujah, for favor to, to open the doors, to make opportunities, to bring. Hallelujah. What is it that's really limiting and holding you back? I declare in the name of Jesus, favor. Favor is going to open doors. Yeah, it'll be tested. He prophesied to Joseph, they're going to shoot arrows at you. He was tempted with Potiphar's wife, tempted to be discouraged in prison, arrows. But Joseph, you've stood fast. You've held on to the favor. You've not let these things discourage you and pull you back. we all stand what is why we finish here thank you so much for being so hungry for today we have seen god work and i appreciate that's because of the team that has led us but because of your hunger to pull it out and to grab hold and to make it work hallelujah favor favor i thank you lord i thank you father anyone here who is just facing sickness facing lack facing a challenge where they need your strength and they need your grace where they need your ability and your peace father i thank you we can speak your favor what's their future look like full of favor lord i thank you for the need that's represented in on this phone in the name of jesus 
Lord, I declare under your authority the inheritance you've given us, it's one of favor. Lord, I declare favor turns this situation around and brings peace and life in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Favor, favor in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you for the future of this church, full of favor, full of favor. We are highly favored. We are impacting and influencing, Lord, this region with the favor and the goodness of God, the blessing of the Lord in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Turn to someone and say, you're highly favored. You have me.